Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I am your host, Trisha Stefankowitz, registered dietitian nutritionist. On our Health Tip Tuesday today, we are going to review the mental block series that we previously talked about because there are about seven different things that they all have in common as the solution. And so I wanted to talk about those things today because I feel like those seven things will help a lot of the mental blocks that you may be experiencing. What we have talked about thus far on our mental block series, we talked about self-sabotage, comparatonitis, self-doubt, decision fatigue, fear of failing, overwhelm, all or nothing thinking, feeling stagnant, and negative body image. So all of these things may be something that you've experienced at some point in your life. Certainly, I have experienced all of them. Um, But right now, you may have a couple that stand out a little bit more than others, although during your lifetime, you may have experienced all of them. When we talk about self-sabotage, we are talking about how we feel like we're working really hard to achieve our health, wellness, and self-care goals. And then all of a sudden, these old behaviors start to creep in. And these old behaviors could be procrastination. They could be this negative self-talk or this inner dialogue of what you're telling yourself that probably isn't true, that then hinders your and sabotages your health goals. It could be stress eating, or it could be this focus on failure. All of those are under the umbrella of self-sabotage. Comparatonitis is another mental block that is much more prevalent now that we have social media. And comparatonitis can be something that maybe is helpful because it motivates us to make the decisions and the health changes that we are on the fence about making. But it can also make us feel really bad about ourselves because we don't look or, you know, we don't look or have the same shape as somebody that we want to look like. Self-doubt is this idea of feeling like you can't do something or you're not really sure if you're going to be able to achieve your health goals or perhaps you're worried way too much about what other people think and then that hinders your health goals because you don't want to be embarrassed because you're already feeling the sense of you know uncomfortableness. Decision fatigue is this feeling of emotional depletion or and exhaustion because of the many decisions as women that you need to make during the day. And as the day progresses, it makes it much harder for you to make good decisions because you're tired of making all the decisions throughout the day. And what ends up happening is hasty decisions that may not be in line with what your health goal is today. Fear of failing or not wanting to take a risk because perhaps you've made a health change before and you are scared to do it again because you're scared that you won't be able to achieve it. Overwhelm was this idea of that you may be paralyzed with fear because of all the information that's out there, that it keeps you in this state of inaction. And so you're not doing anything when it comes to um, your health, your health goals, because you don't really know where to start. 
all or nothing thinking is this idea of having extreme thinking that ranges from perfectionism or failure. And there's no middle ground. And because of that, you either have to do something perfectly or you're not going to do it at all. And so then it keeps you stuck from making the health changes that you desire. The last two we talked about was this idea of being stagnant and maybe you're in a place where you're not ready to make any big health changes because you're just trying to survive and being okay with that because knowing that that was also part of the journey when it comes to making health changes. And then lastly, we talked about negative body image, this idea of being hyper-focused on your appearance. Um, You know, this could be your physical appearance, your weight, your size. For women, it tends to be all of it. Um, And this negative body image starts pretty young for women. The research supports that it's typically an elementary age um, girls. And it ends up being, you know, it ends up being worsened as we go through life and all the changes that we are trying to make unless we make a conscious effort to undo that. But there's so many things and there's so many unrealistic um, expectations. And um, I think this idea of perfectionism is so normalized. And so it then creates this this idea of the negative body image or an unrealistic body image that we're never going to be able to achieve. So these are all the things that we talked about. And again, each of these these mental blocks have their own episode. Um, I can leave that in the show notes, but each of the episodes are about 10 minutes long. And so if you feel like you're really struggling with one of those more than the others, it might be helpful for you to go back and listen to the individual episode. So despite all of these blocks having their own nuances, They do share some things in common in terms of what the solution is. So there's about seven of them. Um, So that's what I really wanted to talk about today. So number one is making a plan for the day or the week and reflecting on that plan. Okay? So making a plan is something that I feel like we all feel like it's so hard. Nobody wants to sit down and write down a plan, but... I want to kind of give you the benefits of having some kind of plan. Having a plan gives you a blueprint for the day or the week, and it allows you to have much more control over what you want to achieve. So many of us, I think, do this thing where we're in our head, where we get to this place and we say, like, I'm going to make this huge life change, but I'm not going to write it down. I'm just going to have it in my head. And so we take a lot of time and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of effort to, you know, making our meals and exercising that day, especially if it's something that you haven't done previously, but we never write it down. And so the gold is in the writing right? Because if you're able to see what your plan looks like, then you're also able to reflect on why your plan didn't work. So let's review again the benefits and then I'm going to come back to this. So writing a plan allows you to have some kind of idea what your day looks like. You could write things down of like what you want to eat, what things will get in the way. Um, Writing a plan leads to less decision less decision making during the day. So if you're someone who really struggles with decision fatigue, I would encourage you for sure to write down what it is that your day looks like. It takes away any added decisions that you need to make because if you write down what your what your day looks like, it really um, 
it like really makes you kind of navigate in the morning or late at night when you have a clearer image of what your day looks like. And you can see like any of the challenges that may come up during the day and you can at that time kind of go through the barriers and what you're going to do to make them better as opposed to being in the moment dealing with the barrier and not really knowing how to move forward because you're tired and you have to make a million decisions at that time. When I'm talking about writing a a plan down for the day or the week, I'm talking about like you can do like every Sunday. That's something that I like to do. I like to have Sundays and I like to write down what my week looks like and make all my food and write in my plan what my week looks like so that I have an idea in my head because for me, I'm not going to go back in each day and be like, oh, what do I have to do today? It's much easier for me to kind of write it down for the week and then each day just focus on my behaviors. So perhaps that's something that you can do too. So what I would say is, is to kind of have a general idea of what your week looks like and then to have like a reflection either the night before or the morning of to really kind of reflect on what your day is going to look like that day. And maybe it only needs to be five minutes, um, but it's just going to give you a way that you become more in tune with whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. That could be something with your health. It could be with your money. It could be anything, any goal that you have, because it allows you to become more in tune with it. It allows you to make it more achievable, and it allows you to feel like you have a choice when it comes to um, making a decision that, you know, when it comes to your health or whatever goal it is you're trying to achieve. It is much more intentional, so you are actually making some, you know, actual, like, I think this is like kind of where the goal, the goal it is here is like it's intentional. So it's not like it's in your head. You've now gotten it out of your head and you're much, you're going to be much more apt to do it because it's written down on paper. And now that it's written down, it's going to really help you to reflect on that and identify what behaviors are getting in the way of you achieving the goal that you desire. You may not know that if you're in your head. You might not have that reflection. I think the reflection is where, again, is where the goal is because the reflection allows us to see like what worked and what didn't work. It lets us dissect and really kind of look at the day and be like, okay, this got in the way. Oh, I was emotional eating here. I was eating a half a loaf of banana bread, which is perfectly fine, but it just allows you to see what it is, the behaviors that you're doing so that you can be conscious of them. If you're not writing it down, then you may never be, you may never have that consciousness of what you're doing. And then you might not be able to change it. You might end up doing the same thing for another five years, not getting anywhere because you haven't identified what the barrier is that's getting in your way to achieving the goal. So again, none of this writing it down is supposed to be for anybody but for you. And it's just really a way that you can plan the day, have a loosely based idea, have a really intentional day and then to be able to go back and look at what worked and what didn't work because that's what's going to help you in the long term achieve the goals that you want. And by the way, your day doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be so structured that you have to follow every bit of it. It's just, it can be very loosely based. It's just a way that you have some kind of decision made about what you want the day to look like. And then if you want to modify it, you can hundred percent do that. Um, but you know, you're not going to, it's just that you're taking that five minutes during the day to really write it down and 
and to, to it's like a, a way of like taking care of yourself actually it's like an it can also act as a as a way of performing self-care because you are really taking the time and not running from whatever it is you're trying to not feel and write down what it is you want to do and what you want your day to look at to see the challenges to have some kind of loose structure to break down what your big goal is into these little baby steps which is your daily plan and then over time looking back at me and like look what I achieved because I did all these things every day. The next thing I would say is to have some kind of outlet for your emotions. I think a lot of times this idea of like overeating or emotional eating and just a lot of things with eating is oversimplified with this idea of like eating less than you than you need. But really, I think with when it comes to eating, we just need to have an outlet for our emotions because eating in itself is something that is necessary. We need to do all of the time. And when it comes to our health goals, I think that for a lot of people and a lot of women in particular, you know, I think that we eat because we're, we're busy and we're, we're tired and we are not wanting to feel any of the emotions that are coming up and we have to eat, right? And so I would say just to have this outlet for your emotions. So a lot of us might feel anxiety, depression, scared, fear, overwhelm, sorrow, whatever it is that you are feeling. But I think what ends up happening is, is that eat eating is a much easier way to manage those emotions than to do something else. And so I would encourage you to identify any of the feelings that you have, um, which might come up when you're writing a plan, which was the first step. And then trying to figure out what it is that will help you manage that emotion. So are you somebody who, you know, you can go for a walk every day and that will help manage the anxiety that you have? Are you somebody who needs to take a couple minutes each morning just for yourself, breathing quietly or meditating or whatever it is, um, even giving yourself some space every day to reconnect with yourself and to rejuvenate with your soul? Maybe, you know, maybe that's something that you do. Or maybe you're somebody who just needs to write it down, get out any of the things that you have in your head. Um, You know, this is when also seeing a therapist is also really helpful here because it helps get that stuff that's in your head out of your head. And it allows you to identify the emotion and to create an outlet for it that's a better use for you than eating. So number two is finding an outlet for the emotions that you're feeling besides eating. Number three is embracing imperfection. Ah, love perfectionism, but it's just the death of me and so many other women. This, you know, idea of perfection keeps us from making the changes that we desire. And so embracing this idea of imperfection, um, you know, I think really allows us to celebrate the successes along the way instead of the perceived failures that we do. And knowing that any any change that you're going to do is not going to be perfect. And, you know, it's, I think that's how life is. It's just the series of imperfect, crazy, messy steps that we take to get to the goal that we want. 
And yet for so many of us, and look again, when I talk about, I I experienced this too, um, you know, that we can't make health changes because we want everything to be perfect. But then what ends up happening is that we make no change at all. So embracing this idea of imperfection that, you know, life is messy and it's just about taking one step forward. It doesn't matter how crazy it is. And that's going to get us to the goal that we want to achieve. And you know, embracing imperfection might not be something that's easy for you. You may need to, you may need to write down the successes that you have along the way. You may need to have a gratitude journal or something when it comes to embracing imperfection or to having some kind of outlet for whatever it is that you're experiencing. Sometimes gratitude is really helpful with that. Um, I think when we are really focused on how we failed, being grateful for the things that we have done or the successes that we've achieved is a really helpful way to remind us that we are good enough and that we are worthy and that you are going to make mistakes because perfectionism is an unrealistic expectation that nobody is going to achieve. Number four is focusing on self-care. So self-care, we I have done a whole self-care series. I think self-care can be mean a million different things to a million different people. Um, I will put the show notes into what self-care is when we did a series on self-care. But essentially, it's this deliberate action to listen to your body and become more in touch with who you are. When I think we are going through some of the mental blocks that hinder our health, I think a lot of the times um, we may notice that when we're really starting to do some of those things, we may not be spending enough time on ourselves. And so that could be a really quick way you know, when you start to have some of those thoughts, whether you're having comparatonitis or whether you're having all or nothing thinking to really start to look at your own life and see if you're taking time on taking care of yourself. My suspicion is, is that if those, all those thoughts start to creep in or more start to creep in than usual, this may be a signal to you that you're not spending enough time on yourself and you're not spending enough time to reconnect or rejuvenate with who you are. And so looking at self-care and trying to figure out if there is a way that you can put a little bit into each day so that you can um, feel that connection with yourself. For me, I am trying to have some kind of meditation on YouTube every morning for like 10 minutes just to kind of connect with myself. And this is something newer that I've started, but I noticed that it does make a difference for me. And so for you, perhaps it's exercising or taking a walk or writing in a gratitude journal or, um, or just writing down your thoughts in general, whatever it is that you can do to take care of yourself. And again, there's a whole self-care series Um, that I will leave in the show notes. So if you are having a hard time focusing on yourself today, perhaps go listen to that series and maybe there's something that you can do because it can be something really simple. It doesn't have to be something that is so disruptive to your life. Number five is this idea of challenging any of the beliefs, the negative self-talk or the self-criticism that you may be doing. This is where I think sometimes having that 
writing down your plan for the day is really helpful because I think in that you can see some of the things that you're telling yourself, right? That may in fact not be true. And so challenging those beliefs are going to be more, you're going to be more apt to do them when you know that they exist. And so I think a lot of us talk very unkindly to ourselves and we're very, very critical of ourselves. And we may just be going through life so quickly that we don't even take the time to hear what we're saying to ourselves. And they're probably not even true. It's just probably this inner voice that you've had your entire life that happens to be a very strong voice in your life. And even though it's very critical, you may not even know it. And some of the decisions that you make when it comes to your health might be some of these, um, these beliefs. So it's a way of first identifying what it is the beliefs are that you're telling yourself and then trying to challenge them. You're not going to be able to challenge them if you don't know what they are. In this part too, this also might be where you may need some kind of professional help um, to kind of help you hear what it is you're telling yourself. You know, I used to have women come into my office and they see the har- the most horrible things to themselves. And then when I started therapy, you know, I, I didn't know that I was saying the same things to myself as these ladies were until, you know, I would get them out of my head and I would hear them out loud in therapy. And then I'd be like, holy shit, I'm saying the same shit to myself. But I didn't know it because I never took the time to write down anything or any of the thoughts that I had. And then once I did, I was shocked at the negative shit I was saying to myself. And it wasn't like I was just saying it to myself one time. It was on a loop recorder that I just kept saying to myself over and over and over again throughout the day that I didn't even know that I was doing. Because then once you know what it is you're saying to yourself, then you can start to challenge it. And then this is might be where it's also important that you can start to have some affirmations of these positive thoughts that you're trying to say to yourself in a way that you can reinforce the positive thoughts and start to change your mindset so that you can achieve the life that you want. But you're never going to know it unless you you know, challenge the beliefs that you have. It's not going to just, your mindset isn't going to probably change unless you take an active um, role in trying to change it. And some of the affirmations that you do may not even feel like you believe them at first, but then it's just the more you practice them doing them, you're going to hopefully start to believe them. And so when I'm talking about affirmations, I'm talking about saying things to yourself like, um, you know, I have the power to make the changes I desire, that you're worthy and deserving of these things that are happening and that you're worthy of success when it comes to your health, things like that. Things that you probably don't say to yourself and things that are probably much, you know, that you're not even going to believe at first, but the more you practice them, hopefully you will start to believe them. So number six now would be stop focusing on the numbers and focus on the behaviors. So this, I think, is something that is really helpful. Stop focusing on the number on the scale and focus on what behaviors you're doing to get to your goal. So the behaviors can look like whatever it is you want it to be. It could be writing down a plan. It could be having a gratitude journal. It could be challenging your negative 
um, self-talk. It could be drinking more water. It can be moving more. Whatever it is you want it to believe what you want it to be. As long as you're practicing and focusing on the behaviors, you're going to get to where you want to be. But so many of us focus on the scale and on our BMI and on the numbers that we never we might feel like we're doing really great on our behaviors, but if the scale isn't reflected in a way to support that, then we end up sabotaging our goals and we feel like we're not doing enough. And so we give up, even though we're doing all of the things that we need to do to get to where we want. So focus on the behaviors and stop focusing on the numbers. And, you know, having this idea of shifting from this sense of failure to feedback and focusing on the behaviors, because as long as you're doing the behaviors, you'll get to the goal that you want to do. And, you know, anything that you're doing, you are... Anything that you're doing now and what you've done previously, it's not a failure. So you're focusing on the behaviors and you're focusing on the information that, you know, I think what I'm really trying to say here is that in addition to this, you also want to shift from this idea of failure to feedback. So you want to look at what you can learn from past experiences and gather what you've learned into figuring out how you can, you know, not repeat that behavior if it's something that you failed at. So if for you, you're somebody who's like constantly focused on the scale, shifting from that and focusing on the behaviors, because the behaviors are what's going to provide you the information and get you to where you want to be. So all of that, I, I did a little confusion in there, but all of that, that's kind of the main thing. And to try to find any kind of um, like support network of people that can help you maintain the behaviors that you're trying to do and keep you feeling focused. Because again, I think that how we determine if we're succeeding at something is usually based on our numbers. And for a lot of women, it's based on the scale. And for our behaviors, I think that kind of goes by the wayside. So what tends to happen is, is like, you could maybe be have been walking seven days a week or 14 days a week. And that's like a fucking huge success. But if it's not reflected on the scale appropriately, then we negate all of our success. So what I'm trying to say here is that focusing on the behaviors is going to be the way to go. Because if you can keep doing that, that's going to be, that's what's going to get you to where you want to be. Um, and it's not the number on the scale that's going to get you there because certainly you can be doing all terrible behaviors and still keep the number on the scale. So where you're going to get to where you want to be is to focus on the behaviors because ultimately that's going to get you to your goal. And then lastly, I would say to limit social media and to really be intentional about where you spend your time on social media. Um, I think a lot of us, we follow accounts that probably make us feel bad about ourselves and we feel like there are these like unrealistic expectations based on just all the stuff that we see in magazines and social media and wherever we spend our time. And for a lot of us, it's social media because it's an easy way to just spend time when we're exhausted and we don't feel like concentrating on anything. And so what I would say is to really try to spend your time on places on social media that promote body positivity, that promote normalcy of what a body looks like, that promotes self-acceptance, and that promotes any kind of self-love. 
So these are the seven things that all of the mental blocks we've talked about so far, so far have in common. I want to remind you that I am a dietitian, and so I am not a mental health professional. So for sure, if you are, um, you know, needing to further explore any of these mental blocks that you have, I definitely encourage you to seek guidance from a licensed professional mental health professional. And when it comes to making health goals, I think that I always recommend you, um, you know, I think that most of my clients get the best results when they work in conjunction with a dietitian you know, or health professional in addition to a mental health professional. Because again, I think eating is very oversimplified and I think um, weight gain is oversimplified. And, you know, I think it makes it, it somehow it puts shame and blame on us when really there's a lot of other things and a lot of emotions that are underlying and things that we tell ourselves that might not be true. And so by dealing with that and, um, you know, having a mental health professional deal with those things and then working with a dietitian, all of that kind of gets you to a place that you feel like you have a little bit more control over your food and your health and your emotions. So I encourage you to seek the health of a mental health professional if that is something that is hindering you any of these things. So I want to remind you that whole health is not an impossibility, but it is something that you may you know, that you may need to step out of your comfort zone and do something differently. It's not a one size fits all solution. And what works for someone might not work for you. And so, you know, anything that you're doing, even making a 1% change today will help lead to a cumulative effect on your health and allow you to move forward in the direction of who you wish to become. And so, um, you know, I just encourage you to be kind to yourself and to know that um, any change that you make might be a little bit uncomfortable, but it's something that if you spend a little bit of time on today, even if it's just five minutes, it will help you get to the bigger goal that you are trying to accomplish. I want to remind you that Albert Einstein has this quote that he's credited with saying is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. And yet I think that's what so many of us do. We have these mental blocks that we don't get to the bottom of, and then we end up doing the same thing and failing and failing and failing. So if there was, you know, so all the things I've mentioned there today, try to pick one thing that perhaps you can do today that can help you get to the goal that you want to achieve. And so perhaps that could be Perhaps that could be making a plan for today. Perhaps that's having an outlet for your emotions or deciding that you are going to embrace imperfection and celebrate your success. Or maybe you're going to focus on self-care and getting that in a few days a week. Maybe it's going to be that you challenge the negative beliefs that you have. Maybe you're ready or maybe you're ready to create some kind of affirmation that's positive that works for your life. Maybe you're going to change who you follow on social media and eliminate any accounts or stop following accounts that are going to make you feel bad about yourself. Or maybe you're just going to focus on the numbers. Any of those things, just pick one thing that you can do today that can help you get one step closer to where you want to be. 
I appreciate you guys listening and I encourage you to share this podcast or like this podcast to, you know, the goal of this whole podcast podcasting adventure for me is to promote normalcy and just to have a safe place for women to connect and to not feel like they have to be judged and to make, you know, aging just as normal as possible. So if you know somebody who could benefit from that message, I encourage you to share it so that we can help grow the mission of this podcast. So I will see you guys back here next week. We are going to chart we are going to start talking about um, some of the health conditions that affect women um, more so than men as we age. So I'll see you guys back here on Thursday. Have a great week.